I was fortunate enough to have a few veteran comics that saw me early on that were like, you're good, but you have to be on stage every night. Like, you have to get up every night. I've spent the last 10 years honing my skills as a designer and building on my experience to grow my career. Looking back on my journey, it got me thinking, what does it take to be a creative professional? How do you build an effective creative business or grow a successful career? I'm on an infinite quest to learn and apply something new every day. So join me as we dive into the stories and strategies of the most talented creators working today. My name is Anthony Spano, and this is Stay Creating. All right. I'm sitting here with Tara Canestracy, stand-up comedian. How's it going? It's going good. Awesome. <laughs> so uh, I ran into Tara a few months ago uh, mm-hmm. at the Friars Club. Uh, and we were both hanging out. Actually, you were getting ready to do a set. Mm-hmm. Did you come in for it or did you miss so, it? <laughs> so this is the funny thing. <laughs> it's actually a funny story. I was sitting there. So we actually went there just to kind of hang and, and have a couple of drinks. Sounds lame excuse already. It's <laughs> no, not. So I'm, here, not I, I'm getting not to into it. So, it yet. Uh, you were there and everybody, so we stayed in that, in the bar room, Mm -hmm. everybody cleared out and went into the room for the show. And we kind of knew at that point we weren't going to the show, but there was like a couple of hangers on and you were one of them and Mm -hmm. we didn't know. So we were like, okay, there's like other random people sitting here. And then you moved and you went right up to the door. And my friend was like, Hey, I think she's about to perform. I'm Mm -hmm. like, get out of here. So that's why I actually walked up to you and I was like, hey, are you performing? And you're like, yeah, I'm going next. I'm like, oh, all right. Are you nervous? And you're like, no. I was like, all right, cool. Well, good luck. I lied. Um, (laughs) Well, I didn't want to. No, I always have a few butterflies. Of course. I like that I have that. It means I still care. So that's true. (laughs) So here's my, the excuse, right? You went on Mm -hmm. and then two seconds later, well, we didn't have, we didn't actually have tickets to the show. Two seconds later, T.J. Miller walked up the stairs. Did you walk in for his set? I did not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you stayed and talked to him at the bar. I did talk to him at the bar. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, that, so that's why I missed it. So I got stiff for T.J. Miller. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, listen, um, I'm, looking forward to ca- I'm looking forward to catching you next I'm not doing sure. any of my jokes for you right now. <laughs> um, so actually, to that point, um, do you remember the first joke that you ever wrote? I do. I do. Oh, wow. You don't Um, have to do the joke. Okay. What what was it about? I compared looking at people's baby pictures, like their kids' pictures. um, I compared it to having a fake orgasm. (laughs) (laughs) Can I say that on this? This Of course. Okay, good. All right. Um, but take me through that. So uh, you're you're a writer. I mean, you're, right. you're writing comedy. Right. Observational mostly, mm-hmm. but from my standpoint, which is like that New York Italian. Um, I was single, uh, severe commitment issues for a really long time. So I just felt like, let's talk about this. Yeah. It was therapy. <laughs> it was a, right, it I couldn't afford it and have insurance. So I was like, <laughs> I'm just going to go to an open mic and see if it works. Yeah. And did it? It's working seven yeah. years later, full time. Yeah. So you've been doing it for seven years, mm-hmm. and uh, before that, uh, what was your what was your role like in the entertainment industry? Anything? Or? I did. I was. I started uh, doing like off Broadway sketch improv uh, things like that, and then I I always wanted to do stand up. I didn't. I actually worked for the Yankees briefly. In between that, right. I was like an in house reporter. I had my own show with them called the Yankees on Demand, where I interviewed the players off field. Uh, again, nothing was – it was entertainment, but it wasn't yeah. really my lane. Right. Um, and then I forced myself to 
to go back onto stage only right. in the form of stand-up. So I, I struggle with this a lot because I think that my group of friends is really funny, mm-hmm. you know, and myself included. Mm-hmm. And then um, when I think like, oh, that will be good in a skit or on stage, I, it, I'm definitely wrong. So uh, do you do you prefer? Do I you... don't. <laughs> no, okay. I don't. But my I would love to do um, improv because I want to put myself in a completely uncomfortable situation. Which You're in the would... perfect place to do it. You have like UCB down the block. I know. I know. Mm-hmm. Don't don't hold me to it, but I might. But I would love. I first of all, so I will say I love stand up comedy. Mm-hmm. I've been a huge fan for a very long time, and I have many many favorites. You know, mm-hmm. um, so I, I'm just in into that world. So ideally, I would love to get up on stage and make people laugh, but I don't think that I have it in me. It's you know, it's a great life. It's a great way to like go about like making people happy or escaping for an hour to an hour and a half. Yeah. Uh, you're not going to make them laugh every time, especially in the beginning. Um, It just takes time. It's just, I think there's such, there's such a thing as beginner's luck. Mm -hmm. Like I remember my first time on stage, I was like, this is great. And then I like repeatedly bombed after that. (laughs) But I think there's something about getting a taste for it, you know, to help you on that path. Right. To help you stick with it. Yeah. And the first time you get people to laugh on stage, I'm sure it's like an insane adrenaline rush. It's insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the first time that you hear crickets, I'm sure that's it's <laughs> horrible. It's insane. I quit every other week now and I'm yeah. and I'm <laughs> doing relatively well. Right. 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 Uh, okay. Also, um, so and take me back. Like as a kid, were you always making people laugh as a kid? I was a weirdo. Um, I was my mother's only child. My dad had a sort of older than me. So I was basically home alone okay. for the most part, always having to entertain myself, entertain my mother. Um, so I was always into it. My aunt told me from like the age two, I would like hit the TV in my diaper and be like, Johnny, Johnny, like I wanted to watch the Johnny Carson show. Right, I was right. two. Wow. And then at six, I was like pleading with my mother like to stay up for Saturday Night Live. Like I knew who the, the guest host was going to be. I was like telling her I'd clean my room. Like, you know, I at just. At six years old. At six years old. <laughs> so there's definitely something I think from a child. I think everybody knows they have yeah. like an inclination of like what they want or what they enjoy. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily what they're going to be good at, but probably, yeah. you know, with yeah. enough. Right. And you said you had your mom as, as an audience member. Always. Like that was your that mm-hmm. was your audience. That's that's where I related to when I was a kid too. I had a great so I had a cousin Jill and an aunt Maria and they were my audience. Like mm-hmm. for whatever reason I was always able to make them laugh and every time we got together I in the in every moment thinking of something funny to say to get them to laugh. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't know, great inspiration. It is. Yeah. Um so okay, so you started writing and then um you got on stage, finally. You were able to do it. I did. And then uh, where does it go from there? Um, then it's an every day. Like any, any comedian will tell you. And I had, I was fortunate enough to have a few veteran comics that saw me early on that were like, you're good, but mm-hmm. you have to be on stage every night. Like, you have to get up every night. Um, you have to write every day. And it sounds like, oh, I could do it, All right. but it's a real struggle. You know, open yeah. mics can be brutal. Yeah. And can be a really dark phase of a new comics life, but they could also be really great. And mm-hmm. you, and that's what happened for me. Like, um, I got into a really great group. Uh, Rick Chrome from the Comedy Cellar mm-hmm. uh, started putting writers together. 
um, and a specific group of comics that he really knew comics that he believed in. And we kind of all linked up. We called ourselves Rick Kids, Rick's Kids. And we would meet every weekend and write and perform for each other, even if we were the, it was yeah. the only audience we had. Yeah. Um, and that really helped propel a, f- propel a few of us mm-hmm. really into like the next level. Right. Which is bar shows. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> which is... But uh, are you are you getting up every night? Are you uh, getting up? Pretty, I mean, in the I took a few. I could take a few days off now yeah. a week, um, where I could f- stay home and write or, sure. or balance. Up. But for a couple of years, every, every night, yeah. yeah, yeah, every night, yeah. That that's um, that's a grind, you mm-hmm. know. And especially to get up in front of people if they're not even feeling it. I'm sure. Also in New York City. There's a lot of uh, like tourists that come to to shows and right. not getting it. Right, they don't get it. Or, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, what about the cellar? Are you spending a lot of time there? Uh, no, but um, I was when it came to like writing and with my friends. And, yeah. Because it was inspirational. Right. Um, now, Rick, when he does do a showcase, he'll have me mm. on. So uh, to try out new material, like you just you'll just get up and and try something new. I mean, do you try it out on? Your fiance, maybe first. I'll try it on it. Of course, I'll try it. I'll say it out loud, but I can say it out loud to, you know, Sebastian Maniscalco. It's not going to make a difference. Yeah. It's going to have to be in front of an audience. Yeah, it has to play. Right. Yeah. And uh, you have to. You have to. You have to do it a couple times. Right. To get the cadence to get right. To get it right. Right. To know I'm saying it in my voice. Hmm. To know what what's hitting, what's not. Sometimes something hits, and I'm like, that's not where it was supposed to. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Do you make the change then? No. If it hits, I want it to. I want it to laugh wherever it's going to land. Yeah. But I then edit the way I say maybe the rest of right, it. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Do you do you play in front of the mirror at all? Uh, with a microphone in my hand. Yeah. yeah like just to. Right. I'll. I mean, I was. I tell jokes in my living room when I'm right. before a show. Sometimes if yeah. it's a big show. Mm-hmm. I was doing a show on Saturday and I it's like the first time this place booked me and it's around the corner from my house and I'm like I'm flying to Canada every month and this place will not book me so right, right. for like 30 minutes I'm like standing in my living room doing my whole set yeah yeah <laughs> I'm like I can't well it helps to go through those motions right right and that absolutely way you, know, you know where you are you know where your hands are supposed to be you know you know different movements. I mean I think in the beginning for any new comic I would say it is memorization mm-hmm. you know you do have to know your material in order for it to flow and then it takes doing it a couple of times to not make it sound so mechanical. Have you been in a situation where you've just completely gone blank on stage? I wouldn't say I've gotten, no. I haven't ever gone completely blank. You know, I I believe preparation is everything. But there are times where I have, like, blanked on a punchline or I've messed it up. And then at that point, I'm like, how do I recover? Right. I've... I've mess this one up. Yeah, yeah. I find the best thing to do is be like, well, I, I messed that up. And then the <laughs> audience just laughs with you and you move yeah, on. Yeah, then you move right. on to the next mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Um, so tell us about uh, We Stand. So We Stand Comedy started um, about five years ago, a little over five years ago now, actually. Um, my, my comedy partner is Kimberly Hellum. She's a great person to reach out to if you want to talk about doing improv. She does it in Montclair, New Jersey. Awesome. Um, but she came from Chicago. I mean, she did the whole circuit when it came to improv. Um, her and I met through Rick, uh, and uh, we just connected, and we knew we wanted to produce live shows and digital content. We kind of had the same idea, women in comedy, mm-hmm. uh, feature a lot of them. And, uh, it you know, it took about five years, but we've done some really cool things, you know, as far as raising money. Um, for ch- One thing we both knew is, like, we wanted to have more of a purpose when it came to our, our comedy, United. Right. And that was raising money. And we have done some pretty amazing things as far as raising money for homeless female veterans. 
Um, That's amazing. Yeah, we it's, we just went, we just wrapped our second charity event for Chaz Palminteri, uh for his Child Reach Foundation. Him and Jana, it's his wife. Uh, we we did uh, our our event this year was at Gotham Comedy Club. It was nice. over three hundred people. Wow! It was. I mean, they they run a tight ship. I mean, it was they yeah. made it look, you know, right. effortless, right, and right. it was flawless. And was that that was the Bronx Tale piece? That was the that was the Chaz Palminteri show. Yeah. Right. Right. We did. Uh, we used the Comedy Cellar Village Underground for for the homeless female vets. Nice. Yeah. Do you find that um, it's more male dominated in the industry? I think that's. I mean, it is right. Yeah. Like if you look at any lineup, right. for the most part, for the most part, I would say there's, you know. And so, so more at, men. Yeah, and so how do you navigate around that? I mean, I guess starting something like We Stand is a start, right? Right, absolutely. I mean, it was for us at yeah. that point. Yeah. Um, but we still, when we produce shows, of course, like I have men on all the time. It's not like it's yeah. just women um, on our lineups. It was just something we were creating because we were originally a group of five women. Oh, okay. And that's why. it. And then, you know, that's how it, it takes a lot of work to run a production company, even oh, a yeah. small one. And oh, it yeah. just... Some people couldn't hack it, and we were the last two okay. women standing. Right, right. right. So I, I hate the – so I've heard the idea that women comics can't be funny. Mm-hmm. And I say that because I've heard it many times. And, right. and I honestly – I hate that narrative mm-hmm. because – Me too. <laughs> funny is funny, mm-hmm. you know, and it really doesn't matter. I think it's just a matter of opinion um, on what you think is funny. There are some female comics that – I'm, I just I don't get it, and oh, there yeah. are some male comics where I'm like I don't I don't get it at all. You know, like I don't see what the appeal is. I think everything's niche. Con- I think at this point you have to know your audience. Right. So if I'm on a show with you know three guys and I'm not funny that night, or I don't appeal to the crowd, then women aren't funny. That's the difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Whereas if I you know it's three women on a show and one guy and the guy doesn't do well, nobody's going to say, say guys, guys aren't, aren't funny. funny. Absolutely right. Yeah, it's bullshit. Right. Anyway. <laughs> and you know we can curse felt good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, let it fly. No, yeah. um, so you were just recently at Just for Laughs. I did. I did. I went this my first year. Um, went to the JFL Comedy Pro. And it was everything anybody has said it was times more. It was like one of those things where I was like, I guess I'll go. I guess I'll network. I guess I'll meet a few people. Yeah. I guess I'll be inspired. I was doing radio out there. Uh, I have seven shows coming up in Canada starting in September. Oh, nice. So in, in it's in Montreal, right? Um, yeah, JFL is in uh, Montreal. I'm okay. I'm going to be in Niagara and Toronto. Okay, so. cool. Um, so uh, take us through JFL because I I am familiar with it mm-hmm. in in what it is, but uh, what is it like a a few days? Well, there, it's a couple. It's like two weeks between mm. shows and uh, conferences. Uh, you know, um, the opportunities really are endless if you do comedy pro. It's it's almost like. A professional development for comedians. Okay. It's like as if you, it's like your business sends you to like be inspired, yeah. to learn more. Like you're going to a conference it's or something. Right, you're, it's like you're going to a conference. Yeah. Like Louis Anderson gave a speech on how we should never give up. Like he That's was crying, cool. we were crying. Like yeah. it was. That's awesome. It's yeah. like a real industry mm-hmm. event. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, who'd you meet over there? Well, I have one really fun story. Um, I met everyone. I mean, like Howie Mandel owns it and he's. Oh, does he? Yeah. Oh, he owns it this year, and he's uh, yeah, he's he's cool. He's in the mix with everyone. I mean, nobody's touching him because he's 
a germaphobe. Yeah, but, I know. Um, you can't really get no. 10 feet. But, but he's, right. he's, a, he's a legend. He's a legend. He's yes. been doing he's, it forever. And he's a Canadian. Yeah. So he's a god there. Right. And right. rightfully so. He's just, he's great. Mm-hmm. He's he's just great. You just see him work the room and speak to everyone. And yeah. he's a totally nice guy. Um, but there was this one event that I wanted to check out. It said, uh, it was called Pitch at Your Own Risk. And it was basically Jeremy Gerlich. He wrote The Hangover. Uh, he has started a production company called American High, and they have an eight-picture deal uh, with Netflix to produce eight movies within the next two years. That's incredible. So he had a thing where uh, people were able to go up, and they had to give a 30-second pitch for a movie idea that they have. Hmm. Um, and then after that, there was like another round, and one of the winners would get $1,000 and a picture deal with him. So I was like, this is just fun to watch. I'm yeah. just going to go watch it. Sat down next to a complete stranger. Uh, we're talking about all the pitches, and I'm like, "Well, I have a pitch," and I was like, "Maybe I should have done this. You know, maybe I'll do this next year." Yeah. And all of a sudden, Elon Gold asked the audience if anybody wants to come up and oh, give wow. a pitch. So the guy next to me is like, "Go!" I'm like, "No!" And like ten people run up. So now there's like forty people in the oh. mix, and he's and then Elon's like, "Anyone else?" And the guy next to me, who I do not know or I did not know before this, was like, "Just go!" And I was like, "All right, fine, I'll just go." I went up. I did my thirty second pitch. I sit back down. Jeremy Gerlich and his team uh, go in the back. They pick, They were supposed to pick four semifinalists. He came out. He's like, well, I was supposed to pick four, but there was just one more that really appealed to me. Um, and he's like, where's Tara? And Holy I was shit. like, what? <laughs> oh, wow. And uh, it was great. He called me back up. He asked me to do two minutes. He interviewed me uh, with a bunch of questions. I, not knowing, not informed, you should always be informed and prepared for what you're going for, didn't know that his eight-picture deal was for high school movies. What do you mean high school? He bought movies? a high school out in Syracuse. Okay. And I think they're all high school based or they they oh. form around like that age group. Okay. Okay. I pitched one for women in their mid thirties <laughs> <laughs> um, because it's who I am. Uh, but he was so he loved the concept so much and wanted to speak to me privately about it. Told me like he's like my wife would love this. Wow. Um, and I got to like connect with his team after that, and lo and behold, the guy sitting next to me actually is the head of development for another production company out in LA, and he oh. gave me his card and was like, "We should probably talk when we both get back from Look JFL." So it was like one of those things where you're like, you have no, that's and that's true. it. It's showing up, and I yeah. think that's the best thing I can tell anyone. Yeah. In this industry, is just to show up. Yeah. More prepared than I was, but for that one thing. Yeah, but, for that one thing, but... But look, it worked out. But you had the pitch ready. I mean, it, this I mean, is I in your head. I mean, I knew the idea in my head. Sure. I have it written, so, so you had 30 it was seconds easier. To, I had to 30 seconds there. to put it out there. So uh, what's what, what are you going to do? You're going to reach out? Oh, yeah. Have you? Uh, I Well, we followed up quickly, like okay, right good. before I left. Yes. Uh, that's the other thing. They create... JFL creates all these opportunities for you to meet up and follow up and see people at mm. like... A, you know, a brunch or a party or, yeah. a, you know, cocktails, um, which I drank a lot. Um, <laughs> no, I didn't actually. <laughs> it's so much work that you really, you're really not. You want to be so fluid and like on the scene and yeah. aware of what's happening that I really, I, so I, I was good. people are performing also, right? Yes. You can see a ton of shows. I, for me, I looked, I went to the ethnic show because that's something as an it- Italian comic mm-hmm. I would look to do. I went to the, um, the, uh, New Faces show, which is, which I am a new face. Um, So I went to go check that out. But I mean, for anyone just into comedy or want to be inspired by their favorite comic, there were a ton of shows. I know you love Pete Coriel. He was there. Um, Yeah, he he had shows. Uh, I went to see Alonzo Bowden. He was there. Um, Jess May Peluso, who I know I've worked with, she opened. 
I mean, it's a ton of comedy. Then they have galas, you know. Yeah. With big, big stadium. I think Sebastian was there last year, the year before he won an award. Right, mm-hmm. right. Sebastian's just killing it right yeah. now. So, uh, actually, I want to talk to you about that. The, he has really, a, um, he's gained traction among, I would say, a mostly Italian Mostly base, Italian. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, also gearing a little bit older, but, you right. know, like in age, in demographic, but still really resonating with the younger mm-hmm. demographic that maybe whose parents or family, you know, is in that. Right. Range. Can relate to it. Right. Because yeah. he talks about his parents and his family yeah. so much that it's it's relatable to yes. us, but it's also relatable to the people who are his parents. Age. Yeah. And he does it so well and so animated. His physicality is everything. If a lot of people, if they're not Italian, they're going to see him because it's interesting to watch. His mannerisms are funny, even if you don't get the hundred percent of the context. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. He's very funny. The way he moves his body, the faces he makes, and mm-hmm. it's like nuanced, you mm-hmm. know, he knows exactly what he's doing. Um, and so do you try to get, you know, gear your stuff toward that audience or do you want it to be more broad? Like where do you, who is your audience and how do you figure that out? I was just asked this at JFL. I find that for the majority of it, and I do open for a lot of like bigger Italian names and comics. I work a lot with Goomba Johnny and Anthony Rodia. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are predominantly Italian audiences. But I find I relate to women and men, maybe from 30s to 50s. Mm-hmm. I'd say that's my demographic of right. all different. Like my my biggest success, like the nights I get off stage and I'm like, I'm definitely doing this, are mostly from like my urban shows. And I'm a, again, I'm a kid from the Bronx. Yeah. That comes out and that resonates. <laughs> I could sound maybe really professional on this microphone, but like <laughs> cut me off in traffic and you have no idea. Like you cannot, the switch just happens and it's the project girl comes out in me and I am. I'm <laughs> but that, that resonates on stage. And I think that's where I do. I find my, the nights I, like I, I was in a, I was at the Broken House of Comedy, and I was like, you know, it re- being realistic, I was the only white person on the show. I was the only mm-hmm. white person in the room. Yeah. And it was one of those things where I got up, well, got up on stage, and I was like, I am the affirmative action portion of the show, <laughs> and we are just going to, and they just, and th- those are the best audiences, because they will let you know if you're not doing well. But yeah. if you are doing well, they will champion you. That's like, huge. Like, no, uh, clapping. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. So I, I think that's, I think I range... There's no ethnic, but I make fun of everyone. Italians yeah. mostly I'll make fun of. Sure. But I have stereotypical jokes about every race because I don't think comedy should be censored as long as it's said and done right. This is a tough thing going on right now. Very. Because I don't want to say that people are being silenced, but they there's a microscope mm-hmm. on on entertainment, on everything. Mm-hmm. So I really, I, in particular, stand-up comedians, it's difficult like I can't mm-hmm. imagine that mm-hmm. you know you say one thing and it gets picked up mm-hmm. uh, somebody can find something what I, some, somebody can find what I just said offensive to a certain degree yeah you have to be unapologetic and somebody can find something that you said five years ago or mm-hmm. ten years ago and be right. like what what is this mm-hmm. times yep. are different look at uh, Kevin Hart was supposed to do yeah. the Oscars and they found a tweet yep yep and he had addressed it like 20 times leading up to that right um, and yet people, someone like Alan DeGeneres come out and speak for him. Yeah. And, people like to just have you keep apologizing. Mm-hmm. At what point do you have to say, okay, you know? Um, yeah, that, that's, that's tough. Um, so do you, you don't hold back though at all in your comedy as far as like language goes or, or areas to bring I'm not it. a big cursor. Yeah. Um, I'm not too dirty, but I have a ton of innuendos. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so that I wouldn't consider myself dirty. Yeah. Uh, but I I think there are times where I'll, where I'll look at a room and I'm going to go, they're going to hate this joke or I really want to do this joke. And I don't know how they're going to feel about it. And I find that if I if I show fear a little bit in mm. my delivery, it's done. Yeah. They're and not they'll pick laughing. up on that. They'll right. pick up on that. They're like, they'll sniff me out. So I ha- when I, I learned that. So now mm-hmm. like I was doing a joke Saturday and I was like, I'm going to do this joke. And I don't know. And I just owned it. And I like... My delivery in it maybe even changed a little bit because I was so adamant about it. Mm-hmm. And it, it definitely works. I'm not going to say they, you know, always love it. Totally. But it definitely works in my favor when I'm unapologetic when I'm saying my punchlines. You have to take chances too, right? Mm-hmm. You can't just be too, you know, careful. Mm-hmm. You have to put it out there. And, and you're gauging, you're gauging right. the response. So actually I wonder about that. Like even if you say something to crickets, right, do you then go, okay, that doesn't work? Or do you say... I I have to try it again, even if it's the same way or same delivery. Do you still like just try it, keep trying it? I'm not gonna throw a joke out for yeah. one show. You're right. Um, Teddy Smith, actually one of my favorite comics, has a show called Taking Chances, where he's like, "Give it all," you know, yeah. like that's the whole point of it. Um, if I have a joke that's not working after a couple times, I may shelf it, shelf sure. it for a little while, bring it back when I feel like I can add more to it. I had this one joke. I actually just talked about this, Jeff, um, on the radio in Montreal. I had this one joke that I was like, this is brilliant. This is like, it was like one of my best written jokes. I'm like, this is going to kill. And then like every single time it was like, what just happened? What did I do to the energy in this <laughs> wow. room? It wasn't dirty. I thought it was smart. It was about Disney. Like it was like one of those jokes I thought I could do anywhere. And it. And nothing. And nothing. Oh. I still I still save it though. I don't I mean I don't do it on stage, but I feel like one day. This is my biggest fear. I going into going into uh, uh improv, like I, I can't it's not gonna happen. I'm not gonna do it. Why? Because I'm terrified. Improv is a different animal. Improv it, you're just expected to think on your feet. Whatever comes to your mind is almost yeah. like it's like that yes and like yes what and, I say, yeah, right? Yeah. You're not not every line has to and every time you speak has to be funny. Right. It's not necessarily a comedy show. It's just There's a rhythm with, to it. Right. 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 Um, and I did improv. I did UCB. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really felt that just stand, writing and, and that was my area. Because you're not really writing. Right. You're, you're not. But let me tell you something. There's something about it that keeps you sharp. I'm so grateful that I did it. Yeah. Even if, you know. Yeah, and I think you learn something about yourself as you go. Like, mm-hmm. oh, wow, that, that thought just came into my head. I never had right. no idea. Right, and when you do get that laugh with improv, it's almost better because it's like, look at me just thinking on my feet. That's a great point. It's a good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which I'm sure lends to you yourself on stage, you know what right. I mean? Like right. in those moments, you mm-hmm. like kind of flex that muscle. Uh, so you're writing your comedy. Are you constantly writing new bits? You're, like you're always doing I, something? Like right now, I don't know what it is, every day. There's something, and I'm writing, and I'm nice, and it's like such a good feeling. But there are <laughs> straight up weeks where I'm like, you can't force it. I can yeah. sit myself in front of that laptop. I can put the pen and my paper in my hand, and nothing could come. Yeah, the best thing I can say to any, and that happens. We all get writer's block. I think mm-hmm. Gary Goldman has like the best. Do you follow him on Twitter? Yeah. No, not on Twitter, but he's awesome. Uh, he, follow him on Twitter. Just look at or just look him up. Look at all his tweets. He's been doing this like right now hashtag. Okay. And it's, this is for any comic listening, it is probably the best advice you can get. Like, he should be publishing it into a book. It's, like, free. He's just donating his time. And, mm. and it's 
or really, you know, it's it's incredible, and, and he gives you all those tips. So, and it's just like about uh, how to write and how to write every oh, day. Oh, interesting. And, so, and they're just like they're not just like random thoughts that he's putting out there. These no, are like these insights are, and advice. It's like therapy. If mm. you can't afford therapy <laughs> and you're a comic and you need to stay inspired, just follow Gallagher's uh. Twitter. <laughs> It's amazing. Yeah, he's hilarious. He's hilarious and he's honest. Yeah. And he's honest on his Twitter about like his anxiety or his depression or medication or therapy or what he's done wrong, you know, mm-hmm. in his in his career. What he hates when he looks back of, about his mistakes, which aren't even mistakes because look how far he's gotten. Sure. But, you know, things that he wished he didn't say or his jokes that he wished he didn't do. Yeah. It's just, it's really good. Like he's better than anything I can say on this, but... <laughs> So what about We Stand? You guys write skits and you film them. You put them... We do. We took a a break from filming, but now we have what I think is an incredible short. Uh, We actually are in the final phase of editing. We have a 60-second one just for social media, and then we have like a a three-and-a-half-minute one that we're going to start submitting to festivals um, that I think, again, it's like that niche comedy, but that will... It's almost like I might, you know, I don't know say that I was going to say that almost give it away <laughs> it's it has that feel that like if you even if you're not Italian you're gonna get the concept behind this got it um talk to me about social media a little bit because it seems that a lot of people are are jumping on there and and putting you know quick little vignettes up right in real life and mm-hmm. saying something funny mm-hmm. is that something that you feel like you have to keep up with and and actually do like part, participate in my advice, which yeah. I don't do, which which you should do, and I, again, had this conversation at JFL, is consistency. Mm-hmm. If you want, because there's so much to be said about how much traction you can get and how much exposure you can get these days on social media, which is something that comics never had before. Yeah. You know? And this is something that I think Sebastian really took a hold of as well. Mm-hmm. Those short videos of just his stand-up mm-hmm. put put into little 30, 60-second clips and catching on. Right. That Brilliant. was it. You right. Know? Or if you have like a sketch idea or a character idea. Yeah. Um, Anthony Rodia does Uncle Vinny. It was, yes. It's people just grab, they wait for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, anything to, to relate to. And then they throw it in the feed and then it's mm-hmm. constantly showing up. So you have mm-hmm. to like think about that on the back end, how people are absorbing this information right. and um, and how they're throwing it into their daily lives. Because everybody is at the end of the night scrolling through Facebook or mm-hmm. Instagram or whatever it is, finishing their night that way. And they're taking in these clips, you know, mm-hmm. it's like good to be part of that feed. Mm-hmm. So what's and if it's uh, done consistently, they're waiting for the clip. Like that, they're actually looking forward to seeing your... yeah. Yeah, and and I think you get like a real honest gauge of who your audience is there because people will message you and they'll comment, you know, and absolutely, it's not always. Good. Those are the people buying tickets to your show. That's a great point. That's a you know, like that's the reality. How do you? Uh, so, do you have any shows coming up? Uh, one that I would with Anthony and Goomba Johnny, we actually have uh, Saturday, August tenth in York at the Yorktown stage. It's a awesome. theater show. Yeah, oh, that's nice. going to be a it's going to be a good show. Yeah, yeah. Do you get involved with like trying to sell tickets, or do you let? Do you have like a manager? Uh, I I mean I I have an agent, but yeah. I as far as this show, I'm promoting it just because I'm so proud of. I sure. know it's going to be a great show. I have a DJ there. Like it's nice. going to be like a night out for That's people. That's cool. Um, yeah. in you know Upper Westchester. Cool. Putnam cool. County. Yeah. And uh, and so, do you make? Do you like tour the U.S.? Do you try to hit different cities? I'm starting to come mm-hmm. fall. Um, I will be touring a lot more. Nice. And more exciting. Yeah. Uh, 
and in Canada a lot. It just happens to hey. be that that's with the market that found me. Speak to I'm, your market. Right. That's and it. Um, I'll be in uh, I'll be in Niagara Falls uh, in September. I'll actually be on that show with Vinnie Pastore from The Sopranos mm-hmm. uh, and Goomba Johnny. And then in December, I'm doing uh, an international women's show. Cool. There in uh, Yuck Yucks. Very nice, very nice. Yeah. And you said you hit uh, Governors on Long Island every once I in a while. I do. I hit Governors. I'll actually be there Wednesday on their radio show. Awesome. Yeah, Governors is great. Cool. So, all right. Um, so, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me. My new website just came out this week. It's uh, You can find me at tarajokes.com. That's why I bought that because <laughs> it's also tarakenistracy.com, but I dare all of you to find yeah, me on exactly. that. So. I, that was, I was, I was going to open up this episode with saying, like, what's up with your last name? Because it's an absolute nightmare. Right. No. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that. I'm Ken, keeping it. By so. the way, yeah. <laughs> by the way, you know, when I yeah when I was trying to pronounce it, doing it all sorts of wrong until I watched the YouTube video and then I heard oh, somebody say it. So. Smart. <laughs> that was smart. Yeah, you did a great job, but yeah, thank you. Not seeing um, my comedy, but yeah. <laughs> saying my last name—that's a good callback. Listen, I will, mm-hmm. <laughs> I will see you uh, as long as TJ Miller doesn't show up. Right, exactly. <laughs> Basically, that's my competition. My initials are TJ too. I'm actually Tara Joe, just for the record. Tara you could have saw TG, TJ Candice Tracy and not TJ Miller, but whatever. so Tara jokes, TaraJokes.com. TaraJokes.com. Also, we stand comedy. Yeah. Com. All right. Very cool. Oh. Well, thank you so much for sitting here. This Anthony, was awesome. thank you. It was awesome. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. All right. Actually, I wanted to ask this, too, for Wait. just for laughs. Like, that's mm-hmm. not something that regular people can go to. You, it's like more of an industry event, right? It's an industry event. You you have to get an industry pass in order to do it. But, yeah. re- yes, regular people can go to the shows. You can go to the galleries. Oh, you, you can buy tickets. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If you're in Montreal. If you want to just see great comedy for, like, two weeks or yeah. a long weekend, you know, you don't <laughs> yeah. have to be there for every night. Right, Even right. I wasn't. Um yeah. Definitely. And Montreal, what a great, mm-hmm. great city. I mean, it's like Little Europe, I think that's yeah, what they called yeah. it, like Old Montreal. I was like taking pictures of restaurants like I was in Paris. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was such a, I was so, <laughs> such a tourist. Such a tourist, but whatever. I and mean. They, they also set up like um, local restaurants, set up like a food festival right outside the hotel. So there's all these, I mean, I ate off a food truck every day. Yeah. So I'm back to my... Regular lifestyle this week, drinking water. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, it's in, it's just in, the vibe, the energy in Montreal during Just for Laughs. I'd recommend it to any, a, a talent or to yeah. you know a spectator. Nice. All right. Well, All right. this has been awesome. Awesome. And uh, Anthony's will... going to be at my next show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be standing outside. Right. But, you know, right. He's not going to come see me perform, <laughs> but he'll be there. Uh, seriously, awesome having you. And um, uh, we'll see you soon. Bye. Thanks. Hey guys, check out Tara's show at the Yorktown stage on Saturday, August 10th with Anthony Rodia and Gubad Johnny. You can get your tickets at yorktownstage.org. Also check out Tara on her new website at tarajokes.com. Or if you want to challenge yourself on how to say or spell things, you can try tarakanistracy.com. Also check out all the amazing things Tara and Kimberly are doing over at westandcomedy.com. You can also find us on Instagram at Stay Creating. Uh, we feature every guest that we have on here, uh, so you can get an insight into who they are and uh, and how they work and the work that they do. Uh, leave us a message. Say hi. Also, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, make sure to subscribe and rate and review the show. It really helps in getting these insights out there to the people who need to hear it. Uh, go out there, help spread the word. Spread the word.